Alrighty, ladies and gents, welcome to the seventh episode of the podcast. Um, last week, we kind of ran into some technical difficulties with our recording, so kind of skipped last week. Um, we have on board with us this time, we got Austin Craig. He is a part of Pods Golf, one of the main guys in it, part of the dudes, everything. So, uh, yeah, let's kick it off, I guess. Yeah, had a little trouble last time. We tried to work it out, but it didn't work. So, back for try number two. Maybe this one will go a little smoother and uh, we can get it out to you guys soon. But, uh, yeah, it was been a pretty cool two weeks in golf um, with the Zurich and and – Obviously, the Valspar this week, Sam Burns winning. For sure. It was definitely, I remember, uh, yeah, the tournament in Louisiana, it, the uh, winners ended up being the old Australian group of the old Mullet and Mark Leishman. So that was definitely cool to see. I know it's different to see a uh, team event on the PGA Tour, so that's always fun to watch. It's kind of a one-week deal, in my opinion, or it should be. Um, and then this last week, we had old Sam Burns finally – pulling through, getting the win, winning by three. It's definitely good to see a, a young guy win. He's been struggling there for a little bit. He got injured, so it was definitely really fun to watch. Did you watch any of it? I didn't get to watch any of it. We were playing down in Conroe. I kind of was watching it, you know, like on my phone and stuff, um, but didn't watch any of like him hitting any shots or anything. But you could kind of tell that it was coming, you know, just one of those guys that's been trending for, for a couple months. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's one of the guys that, you know, a lot of the really good players now are real young, and he's one of the guys that when he first uh, turned pro, I really thought he was going to be the one out of all of them to be the world beater. And obviously it took him a couple years to get to this point. So it is definitely good to see, and I can definitely see him moving even forward and being one of the best players in the world. So. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty nuts him being from Shreveport too, you know, going to Calvary. Oh, I think is where he went to school. And – we would always go out to David Thomas Academy or when I was a freshman in, in college. And I just remember the guys out there saying, like, this this kid's going to win, like, win majors, like, multiple. And now seeing him do, doing what he's doing is pretty, is pretty tight. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess what we really need to talk about this episode is old uh, – can you explain some of the pods golf stuff? Going on two years ago, and at first we didn't really know what we wanted to do with it. We knew we wanted to, like – create merchandise with our logo on it um you know basically just put our logo on stuff that we would want to wear and want our friends to wear and stuff like that and to, to put it in better words we're a golf brand that represent represents the culture of east texas golf we make content entertainment creators and then we have several different social media platforms and obviously we sell merchandise the hats the shirts and hopefully some more stuff to come and then, obviously, this pod is hasn't been going on for very long, but I think it's a good deal. And obviously, the tournament that we have coming up in about a month will be just some ways that we're kind of trying to branch out and do our own thing. But I think it's cool. I think you know, it's just for fun. It's not like we're trying to make any money or do anything like that. We just want all the guys to be in on it. And uh, yeah, I definitely do agree with you that it kind of is more of an East Texas thing because I guess a lot of people, you know, don't realize or, you know, some of the listeners might not know, but everyone around here, you know, when we're playing golf, everyone is pods. Like, what's up, pods? So it is definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, like, I think it's a term that's known, you know, 
outside of just East Texas, but I don't think it's it's everywhere like I like we perceive it, like we would think it would be. And um, yeah, I mean, it's more just we we like the vibe of like the East Texas, or it doesn't have to be East Texas, but the nine hole country club, you know, small town type vibe that you're not going to get in Houston or Dallas or you know big cities like that. Yeah, I agree. And then, like you were saying, we all. I don't say we all dress the same, but we all kind of have the same type of style. And uh, it is definitely cool to see some of our, you know, the logo on the hats. Those look really good. The shirts look good. Um, and, yeah, it's not really about the money. It's just something that we kind of enjoy doing. And hopefully we can keep it on going, maybe build it to a different or, you know, get it to a different level and move on with it. But, yeah, it is definitely it is definitely fun to see and it's definitely fun to watch. I mean, I remember See, when we first started, we we had a, you know, create a, or y'all created a logo, and then it's just, it's kind of shot from there, because it hadn't been then probably, what, a year, maybe? I think it's been a little over a year, about a year and a half now, since we've had the Instagram page, and, and all that stuff's been kind of rolling, and you know, what was funny is it was, it started out, we wanted to do it, and then we were like, ah, oh, you know, let's, it's kind of like a joke, we started making, just posting funny videos, trying to get some attraction, and then we were like, you know what, I mean, it's just for fun so why not just do it and man when we got the hats everybody likes them you know and if you got stuff that looks good people are going to buy it and uh i invested in it and yeah it could be not a big deal but you never know no yeah you you never know it's a good looking uh i mean the logo is really cool it, it definitely stands out in my eyes the hat looks really good i would recommend anyone who is listening to buy one of those hats they are definitely clean for sure and yeah uh, we've got we've got a couple left and we're about to order uh, another batch of those so that'll be good i you know with we've had the white and the white sell out so so fast but everybody wears white hats you know and so that's our struggle is like we love the model but we kind of are wanting to branch out now and maybe do some rope hats maybe do some visors i think a visor would be so sick and, and not everybody can pull that look off me not being one of them but i think if we could get those to people who will wear them that that would be pretty cool yeah, and it was it was definitely cool. I remember the ETO last year. Y'all brought a box, and I mean, y'all had to have sold out that night. I mean, everyone was buying one of those thing, things. I took I took a eight down with me to Conroe, just what we had left in the Navy, because I didn't want to sell all the white, because we had some people on Instagram, you know, DMing us to get them shipped to them. And I took all of them down there to Conroe with me, and everybody was asking about them the first night at the Calcutta, and got rid of all of them. So uh, everybody's just like, you know, what's pause? What's pause? And it's kind of hard to explain because, you know, we're not a we're not a parody account like Zyre Golf or like people like that, you know. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that it is it is hard to get it out there, but hopefully with, you know, I mean, you brought them to Conroe, which is what, two and a half hours away from really East Texas. Oh, yeah. And we all Maybe. took the uh, we all took the pods golf tees, you know, from the pro shopping center. So yeah. everybody. On the par threes or whatever, you know, where there's just tees laying everywhere. But 64, or there's 120 people playing in this tournament. Everybody's like, "What's pause golf? What's pause golf?" You know, you could kind of hear it buzzing around. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, do you got any insight, I guess, for this upcoming week on the tour? And Wells Fargo uh, looks to be a pretty good tournament. I mean, it's not one that just pops out and everybody's like, you know, I can't wait for it. But it's one that. A lot of big name guys have won, you know, Rory, Jason Day in his prime. We were just talking about that. Ricky Fowler, 
winning. I think might have been his first tour win. Can't don't uh, hold me on that, but I think that was his first tour win in a playoff. I can confirm it. Yeah, yeah, it is. confirm it. Yeah, and yep. then uh, so yeah, the last three winners: Brian Harmon, Jason Day, Max Homa, uh, and then they didn't have it last year. I'm going to be honest with this tournament. Uh, well, also, it's held at Quail Hollow, which is a great golf course. But if you really look at the field and the winners of it, it has to be one of the marquee non-major tournaments on tour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it doesn't have the flashy name or whatever, but you look at the people who play in this, and it's it's really a stack field. It is It is just as good as a field as a major championship. So it is definitely – I think it will be a great week. It always is. So. With that being said, I guess I got some odds for this week. We got old, obviously starting off, we got Max Homa at 35 to 1. Um, he finished teed six last week. He played really well, um, defending champ. So that'd be cool to see him come, you know, go back to back, even though it's really not back to back with old COVID. Um, we got Tony Fee now at 28 to 1. I actually really like that odds. I didn't realize he's four for four there on cuts with two top 25s. It's kind of a longer golf course, so it sets up, you know, with a long ball hitter like him. Uh, we got, in my eyes, the next GOAT coming up is old Will Zalatoris at 30-1. to 1. I mean, you can't really say anything about that kid. He is unfreaking real um, I would, I honestly like his chances of getting his first tour win and getting his PGA Tour status this week. That is going to be my hot take of the week right there. Uh, JT like is that. I do too. I could I could definitely see it and I'm really pulling for it because he he still I know he he basically does have his, you know, status but you know he does not technically have his status uh for the tour and it I just would love to see him win. I mean he finished, you know, second in his first time at Augusta, which is unreal to think about. That's the only other person I can think that did that was Speeth. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's that's nuts. You no, I was JT, looking at the JT's the favorite, right? JT is the favorite at ten to one. Yeah, and I saw another that thing earlier. you got to think of is his his lone major was one at Quail Hollow, so he obviously has good feelings there, good vibes. Yeah. Um. Twenty. My last sixteen. Yeah, and my last odds, which I really don't like, even though I love them, is Rory at eighteen to one. He's in a slump. I don't even know if he's in the top 10 in the world now, to be honest with you. Uh, he's a two-time winner there. He obviously likes a golf course, but he's really just not playing good at all. It'd be good to see him come back, but it's just not looking good. But Yeah. Yeah, this this is a tournament where, I mean, obviously, if you look at the past couple winners, it's been, you know, ranging from first-time winners to the biggest names in the world. So, for me, I kind of like looking at guys like Sung J.M., um yeah. maybe maybe russell henley i was looking down the board more um even harold varner he had a what was it a t2 or a solo second a couple weeks ago yeah he played really well a couple weeks ago for sure so, there are yeah. like i mean this this field has tons of great players in it. like i said it's just a great overall tournament and yeah these you know odds are the great like you know the top 20 players in the world that's really what all the odds are but there are definitely some of those lower guys like russell henley those type of guys who can definitely win there. Um, so it'll be it'll be a fun watch or fun watch this week for sure. So what what was your weekend like? Did you do anything this weekend? Did you play golf? 
I did play golf this weekend, even though it over here it rained. I think yesterday it rained three inches. Um, I worked the morning and then uh, rained three inches, played at one o'clock. Greens were absolutely horrible, but played pretty good. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were. Did terrible. you hear? I mean, I'm sure you heard about what happened in Mansfield. Yeah, it got kind of, I, I don't know what exactly happened, but I know they got screwed out of it. What can you do? You yeah, so. I mean, this is a little barbecue tour information for everybody. Most of the guys who we know were probably there, um, other than the ones that were with us uh, in Conroe. But, you know, Mansfield, big big Calcutta, always. Um, it's not as big as the one, the four ball, but it was like a $70,000 Calcutta. And you they let the morning – it was obviously rain in the forecast. And Sunday, yeah. the, the a.m. flights – they're not even in the Calcutta. So the AM flights played. They had rain delay. And they wait and let them go back out and finish, which took five and a half hours. And they don't finish till three o'clock. So the PM flights, where all the money's at, they don't tee off until 3.30, almost going on four o'clock. So they have, what, like three and a half, four hours to play. And then they were intending on playing 27 holes. So they just washed the entire thing. It was basically for nothing. Yeah, that is that's sad to see for sure. And um, I'm not like, saying that the, the, the morning flights don't matter, but you could no, easily yeah. do the, do theirs and take them from the front first nine and then get to everybody else. Yeah. If there wasn't rain in the forecast, I'm completely fine. I think that's the way it should be. You know, the people who really – I'm not saying they don't matter, but – the you know, ones who can't really play that well, send them off in the morning. But if there's rain in the forecast like there was, you have to send out the guys that made the Calcutta $70,000. That's ridiculous for them not to think about that because it's going to take, especially when it's wet, you know, there could be more rain coming in. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just chaos to start off with. That, place is, so, that place is so unreal, though, to me because – like, obviously, we have some history playing in that tournament and stuff, but it's just – it's such a not, – I mean, and there's nothing wrong with the course. It is what it is. It's in Mansfield. It's pretty good for that spot. But for the tournament, the size of the tournament, the money in the tournament, I could think of so many more places I'd rather play for that kind of money at. You know, like, I would just hate to be that guy who's got to make a par putt from eight feet to win the tournament in the four ball for who knows how many thousands of dollars and there's stuff all over the greens or the, the greens don't even have grass on them or whatever. And it's bumpy as can be. And I have to make it. Yeah, I, I definitely, I agree with you. You wouldn't think that that, that how big that tournament gets, you wouldn't think it would be at that golf course until you step foot on it. It, it really doesn't add up. It is a definitely a cool tournament and stuff, but, uh, they really screwed the pooch on this one. I think it's so cool to see, you know, I mean, you don't go over there without seeing some of the best players in our area, like all the good players from Shreveport, you know, I, oh, around yeah. East Texas with us, going down to Nacogdoches and Lufkin. I mean, it's the best guys oh. around. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was like a bunch of the A&M guys who were down at Conroe this weekend. They didn't play in the really? tournament. No, they didn't play the tournament. They just played the practice round with a bunch of guys, just hanging out, mm -hmm. just chilling. And uh, yeah, they were all talking about, or all the guys that I know from Conroe were talking about how good they played, or something like that. Yeah, 
it is definitely a cool it is not the best of golf courses down there um but it is definitely a cool tournament like when they have tournaments there you see tons of people i mean it's crazy how many people oh, they're are on parking their all little rinky dink golf course and they're parking I mean, their campers party. they're they're by they're renting hotels for three days you know they're getting down two days before cooking crawfish it's it's a great time it's it's way it's a it's one of the best tournaments there is but uh yeah it's the tournament that we're having in a month our pods match play invitational um we're not really looking for that vibe. We're not trying to copy Rondo does either. We just love the match play format because we know exactly how many people we can invite and get there. And we know because ha- running a tournament on a nine-hole course is tough, right? Having that many people going to go and get people around on golf carts. So, you know, our golf cart situation at center isn't the best. Um, but we wanted to have it there, and we need to know how many people are playing. We didn't want to copy what you can't copy what Conrad. I'm telling you, man, it is such a special place. In this tournament, this was the 75th anniversary of their match play invitational, and it is just it's the coolest thing. Like you show up on Thursday, play your practice round, and it it always rains. Or the two of the last three years we've been, it's always raining. That course, dude, water Friday morning, and so that's round one. Like your round one matches. So the morning flights, they ended up not teeing off till like twelve thirty. They normally tee off at seven thirty. They played nine hole matches starting at twelve thirty and they ended at like two thirty. And then us in the afternoon got off around three and we finished our matches on Friday. But it was underwater Friday morning at like seven thirty, eight o'clock when everybody woke up. And then it rained constantly Friday, Saturday. And the course was in perfect shape yesterday on Sunday when we played our final matches that's not that is absolutely i've never nuts. seen i've never seen a golf course drain like that and that's i know you see pictures it's uh yeah. it is so pure it it is one of the have the cabana behind the green on number eight where they're just cooking pork chops ribs corn the best corn dogs i would go as far to say the best corn dog in america yeah um that is I definitely need to go down there for sure. Uh, I don't know when another opportunity would be, but like y'all, y'all have always said that it's a great tournament. I've heard great things about the corn dogs, so that's definitely a pro. I mean, you can't beat a good corn dog. Um, oh man, they're, they're they're like nothing I've ever ate before. Uh, and I'm not even a big corn dog guy, but when I go down there, I've got to have a couple. And the crazy thing about it is, is they don't promote it. They don't promote the tournament. They don't go out and see how big they can make it. You know, it's a set field, and if you come one year, you're invited to come back the next. And if you don't show up, then they fill your spot, and you you don't know when you may get back in again. So, you know, it's one of those tournaments where everybody clears their calendar that weekend and makes sure they can be there unless, you know, it's an emergency or something. Yeah, that is is definitely cool to see where they're not pushing, like a lot of the tournaments, even I mean, trying to you know push our tournament, different situation, but it is definitely cool. It's kind of like a, almost like a brotherhood, I guess is the best way to put it down there. I mean, once you're in, you're in, and it kind of you stick stick with those guys. That's what it seems exactly. Like. And it's uh, it's people not just from around there either. I mean, I I played my uh, third match, played a guy from Dallas. I mean, he just he said he'd been coming for five or six years, and he just loved it, you know. And then Roy Crump. One of the guys from center who went down and played, I believe he was in the he was in the fifth flight, so the second to last flight, right? And the guy he played was seventy five years old and shot seventy three. 
That that is obviously shot gonna be a stack field. That that's nuts. That is he shot his nuts. age, and he's in the and he's in the second to last flight. You know, uh, and I was telling the story. I mean, I lost my first match to a guy in the second flight. I'm like middle of the flights to a guy who shot. Five, he was five under on the front nine. I mean, the level of players down there is just and that's what makes it so so special is everybody down there can play. Yeah, that is that you don't hear that too often. Where the second to last flights guy, seventy three. Generally, in last flights, those guys can't break eighty or ninety. So that's obviously a stacked tournament. Uh, what the championship? What they do? So, um, I mean, the the championship flight was just absolutely stupid. How stacked it was! Like just the players, they were so good. But it was kind of cool because. And I don't know if any of the listeners are going to know these guys, but Clay Fullick, he, uh, you obviously know him because he goes to Jeff, but he beat Robert Gwynn in the championship. Uh, I think he beat him two and one or three and two. I can't, I think it was two and one. But uh, it's kind of cool because Fullick helped uh, Gwynn, like, had some swing issues and, like, didn't play for a while, I guess. I don't know what everybody's saying. And Fullick helped him get back to play again. And uh, Gwen, he won the Texas State Open like five or six years ago. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of cool seeing him match up in the championship and then pull it up, get it done. He's like a 35 footer on a 17 to close out. Oh, you can't bet. Any questions for the week? Yeah, so I got a question from our boy, Blake Sosha. And he says. If it's a life or death situation and you can pick any club in your bag and hit the shot of your choice, but what shot are you hitting and with what club you just have to hit the green to save your life? From 135 or further? Yeah, he says 135 or further, but I'm thinking, like, I'm not going to go much over 150. Well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. If it's if it's 135 or over, I'm picking my 135 club and I'm hitting pitching wedge. I mean, it's the easiest yeah. club out of all those to pick. Um, now, I guess the a different way to ask the question would be, I guess your better yardage, and I guess mine would probably be 60 with an eight iron. So I was gonna say, eight I, I thought about it a while. I mean, obviously, it's gonna be the highest you're gonna go is an eight iron, right? If it's wedge to eight iron, you I would never push it to a seven. I was thinking, honestly, a buck fifty pin in the middle. I'm gonna hit an eight iron that way. Or that way, I'm at least getting to the hole, but probably won't go over the green. Depending on how big the green is, obviously. But if I hit a choke down eight iron and just smoke it, it's probably gonna be on the green. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going wedge all day. Uh, it's just the, me, it's a, yeah, it's just an easy cut cut wedge, and that's all it is to it. Yeah. Well, I guess it's time for old rapid fire. Guess I'll start it off too. All right. If you were to have Let's a walk, if you were to have a walkout song for golf, what would it be? That is a tough one. That is a tough one. I mean, it. You know, we we listen to all different kinds of music in our group. Um, I'm gonna have to say, AD put me on this song. I had heard it before, but hey, we were listening to it headed out to the golf course. He said he was with some guys that were listening to it when they pulled up to Squire and need for nothing by Dark Straits. Might oh, be dude, ha- you, have to be my it, welcome song. 
It's the greatest 30 seconds. Like that guitar solo, greatest 30 seconds of your life. You can't beat it. I, yeah, I think if, is- I think if I walk up to that, it's just it's good. I'm, I'm gonna either pipe it down the middle, or I'm gonna absolutely be so excited I might just top it. That was actually kind of our fraternity theme song, so I definitely do like that pick. I actually have two for mine. You know one of them because we've played a lot of times come down the stretch where I got to hear the song. I'm gonna have to go Africa by Toto. Cannot yes, that's a, that, that is a classic. that's for sure. Classic. Coming down the stretch. Um, 18 at center you could probably just leave it on replay and let it go oh for sure but if it's okay i'm gonna do a different one if it's a team event i'm going serious you know the bulls theme song i'm going that one for this uh for a team event i like that one i like that one it's a little different but yeah i like it all right my first question do you prefer the term mad nine e9 Ooh, I'm going to have to go. So to me, that quite like those terms to me are used in different situations. That's the best way to put it. A mad nine is if you're really pissed off and you're wanting to do gambling and, you know, make it to where you can break even or make money off of it. If it's an E9, I think it's more of just a friendly, let's go down the hill and play nine and, you know, do the same thing that we did uh, the previous 18. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's kind of was my my same like theory on it was like Mad Nine is everybody comes in, settles up, and you know you can tell who won and who lost, you know, and it might be big, it may be small, but a Mad Nine gives you a chance to get your money back in a different game or a different scenario. You know, you may alternate shot, you may scramble, you may do that kind of stuff. And E nine is just kind of generally known like, hey, when we get done playing this eighteen holes, we're going to keep playing. Like everybody in the group is going to keep playing like a continuation of the game we have going right now. And so I think it's just more kind of, it's not as intense as a mad nine. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we can both yeah agree on that. They're different terms for different ways. So yeah, I, that's a good question. All righty. Mine is going to be, if you had to change something about the sport of golf, what would it be? Mine's going to be oh, pace of play. Tough. Yeah. Pace of play for sure. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I think they're doing such a better job with it now, um, as to opposed to like, which it's always been ongoing, but like just in the last five or six years, even, you know, 10 years, but like just growing the game is such a bigger deal now than it has been in the past. Like, I just think it's cool how it's more accepted now, you know, like golf isn't viewed as just the elite country clubs and all this stuff like people can go to top golf people can go to their local club you know like i just think it's cool how it's different now yeah i uh, another thing that i think's really helped the game like you're saying is uh old eal doing the old random golf club where you know you join up on that club and it's just a bunch of you know different people and i think growing the game like you're saying is definitely an important part uh, it just makes it just makes golf more casual, which I think it needs to be. And uh, there's a time and a place for it. Don't get me wrong. Don't go show up, freaking Dallas National with cargos <laughs> and a, and a t-shirt on. There's a time and a yeah. place for it. But you come out to Center Country Club, we'll work on it. We may we may you might get some funny looks, but I think it's cool. I think it's I think it's you know it's accepted some places and it's not, but at least it's accepted some places and people have a place to go. And you can definitely tell that the game's evolving too with kind of 
on your bit with like style because you got people on the PGA Tour now wearing hoodies. You would never, I can't even think, imagine that 15 years ago. Imagine Tiger walking out with a hoodie. Like everyone would be oh, like, oh God, they like, would have bashed doing? him. They would have yeah. absolutely bashed him. And for sure, for sure. All right, so my second question is, are you more of a morning, noon, or evening round if you're just playing with the guys, no gambling, no nothing, just going out to play around with the boys? So if I'm playing with the boys, I really think the afternoon, that's what I'm more accustomed to. Um, I think it's the best time to play golf, even though it's generally the hottest. Um, I think to me personally to practice and if I could find a group of people that would do it, the mornings would be the best. You cannot beat getting out on the golf course when it's real early, the dew's still on the ground, you know, walking. And it's just, it's a different feeling to me. I don't know how you feel about that. Oh yeah. I definitely like playing in the mornings. So probably, probably the year after I graduated, the summer after I graduated high school, me and Joe pro Brett, a couple other guys would join us every now and then, but we had this deal where we were walking. Like as soon as the sun came up, when we were hitting, we would hit, you know, just six, seven range balls to get loose. You could not see your tee shot on number one. And we would walk nine holes before they had to go to work. And then obviously I had to go to work. Um, but I just thought that was super cool to me. I mean, right as the sun was coming up, we were freaking busting it up, busting the dew or whatever you call it. And we play in like 45 minutes. You know, we were just doing it for exercise, but it actually helped our game like a lot. Yeah. Um, to me, it's just when it's in the morning, I think that just shows like the pure blissness and like greatness of a golf course. It just makes it seem so much more surreal, I guess. You know, it's yeah, just, the, it the bunker, the thing that stood out to me playing in the mornings like that, which was so cool, was like, if you hit it in the bunker, you know, normally it's center. I mean, our bunkers get raked, but, you know, you may show up on a day where that maybe they didn't get raked or, like, the sand's just super hard or whatever. Like, our bunkers aren't great. It's a small nine-hole East Texas course. But in the mornings, as, the, like, the dew falls or whatever, like, they're kind of damp. They're not wet, but they're damp. And I swear, that is the best time to play out of the bunkers at center. They're so good. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, like you said, in early in the mornings, to me, they just, yes, you might get more of a plug lie sometimes, but generally the bunkers are way better in the mornings than they are any time else in the day. Filled in for KD. He had some – has. Some, so just getting back to this. Um, hey, you boys are doing pretty good on the pod. I listen to it all the time um, when I can. But, yeah, I mean, I think we got a good thing rolling here, and uh, we'll keep them coming. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate you joining us for this time, and hopefully we can get out some more stuff on the old Instagram and Twitter. Uh, that'd be really good to see more people get involved. Hopefully we can get some people to join that tournament. Is it? Did you say next month? Is that when it is? Yeah, it's uh, June the 4th through the 6th, and if anybody listening hasn't got a hat, wants a hat, wants a shirt, um, the hats are pretty easy. The shirts we'd have to get with our guys in center to get them shipped off. Shoot us a DM on Instagram, Twitter, doesn't matter. Um, and we can get those out to you guys.